0: Welcome, Mr. Jay Smooth, Jason Ford, UMW Class President. Yeah, welcome, welcome to the to World XP Podcast. Pleasure to have you on. Hopefully, it'll be a good episode. Maybe not. No, I'm just playing. I believe so. So we were just talking, before we got on, about the removal of the slave block uh, in Fredericksburg and kind of what we felt about about that. I had You had a couple of good points. Care to re- Repeat Re- those.
1: Yeah, reiterate those. Okay, so the scenario that we had played out um, was two different perspectives of what the slave block was. Um, and it was from the perspective of me as a black individual, mm-hmm. and then perspective of you as a white individual. Um, and we explained that, from my perspective, seeing the slave block was a negative reminder, a reminder of you know what slavery was, the atrocities that were that were committed against black individuals in this country, and from your perspective, it was a reminder of where we've been, but also where we have come. We talked about how black people have made um, major leaps in society. Sure, Since, yeah. you know, within two generations. Um, and we kind of just talked about how when I see that, it is a negative reminder. And the idea that if you take that away, mm-hmm. it brings peace to me, right? Right, right. Versus if it's, if you take it away, you no longer be able to see the physical reminder of what slavery was and the progress that we made. And you had mentioned that you would like to see that in a museum. I
0: think right. that would be the ideal place for it. Mm. But from my point of view, I'd rather have it be out where it is rather than nowhere, mm. as if they just remove it and don't and like throw it away or put it somewhere else. Mm. That was kind of what I was getting at, to your point about how I viewed it as where we've come but it's also that we still have work to do as evidenced by the protests and, and all the rest of the stuff that's been going on so totally get where you're coming from and I agree 100% it just is a it's a different perspective and it also depends on I think a big part of it is education it's like when you educate people about what slavery actually was what these people went through mm-hmm. on the, the ships like coming across the Atlantic like mm-hmm. packed together and all this and like the what they endured it's like to actually take that into account and then be like this is where it happened right mm-hmm. here it's like oh wow that wasn't that long ago and it's like super sobering for me but mm-hmm. at the same time I understand that not everybody thinks like that mm-hmm. and like we were talking earlier about seeing people coming back from downtown throw up on the, mm-hmm. on the block and everything totally people taking it. group pictures of it because mm-hmm. they think it's funny and like that is not okay mm-hmm. from my perspective at all which is something we agree upon mm-hmm. for sure um, But yeah, so I guess it really just comes down to like, well, is the ideal place for you a museum as well?
1: Um, They put one of those like stands up that you kind of see at specific sites where it's kind of like it goes up and slants.
0: Oh, the little sign thing? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So
1: it does, that is still there and it explains what was there. Oh, they put it up? It's already there.
0: Okay, cool. Um,
1: But to go into the museum, it's kind of, um, I guess if it's put into a museum, I guess I wouldn't have necessarily a negative opinion about Mm -hmm. that because that's what museums are essentially for. Right. Um, and I guarantee there's 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 other there's other uh, displays in museums I've seen that are even more uh, I wouldn't say offensive but more affecting. Um, I've seen a full KKK robes in some museums down in like North Carolina. So yeah. I guess if you have if you were to include the slave block in especially a local museum here in Fred, or down in Fredericksburg, right, that'd be appropriate.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. The only co- the, see the only comparison I have from coming at it from museums the standpoint of museums when I was in South Africa and they had the apartheid museum Mm. they left no bone unturned that was everything that happened like Mm. nothing was left to the imagination nothing Mm. was whitewashed Mm. they're like or nothing was even watered down it was like this is what happened because it was only granted it was only like 20 or 30 years ago Mm. so there was like video footage of stuff and like they played they had screens all in the museum with like video footage of people getting like posed and Mm. like the rest of it so they view it differently than we do Mm. but it's still yes the point that i would venture to make is it needs to be somewhere where people can learn about it Mm. history needs to not be erased Mm. it happened Mm. was it bad yes Yes. do we need to know about it absolutely Mm. why so it doesn't happen again so the whole point of like when people say let's remove it Mm -hmm. it's like okay where are you putting it Mm -hmm. where is it going Mm -hmm. are you just demolishing it are you just getting rid of it Mm -hmm. in which case I'm against it if you're putting it somewhere then I'm good with that Mm -hmm. that's kind of where like it's like it's it's a deeper I don't want to say I'm deeper level of analysis but Mm -hmm. like it's like what's the next step What's the effect of this? Mm-hmm. Like can we consider this please mm-hmm. before somebody just shouts out with a bullhorn this needs to go? It's mm-hmm. like, okay, well what's the plan? Mm-hmm. I think that goes into kind of So now with all the protests, it's like people are pushing police reform before what? Mm-hmm. Like I think we were talking about the the two I think the Senate bill is the Republican yeah. backed one and the House bill is the Democrat backed one. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of differences, but by and large, they're pretty much the same, mm-hmm. consisting of, like, chokeholds. What was, that? what was the other two? There was
1: chokeholds. There was one for no-knock warrants. Um, there, there was included in the bills no-knock warrants. And then they also had one, this one i talked about, with the Nationwide uh, Database mm-hmm. um, yeah. for officers who have committed acts of police brutality. Um, it kind of didn't make sense to me that if an officer contributed um I guess you could say contributed or done Commit, at Committed. Done. Committed. Was committed. a complaint
0: filed against them. Yeah.
1: If that's done in you know one jurisdiction, they could then be fired or leave that then uh, police station and go to another one and then get hired there or even get referred by an officer who has connections in the other one. Yeah. And to me, that didn't make sense. As we all know, um, police can get called on regardless of their jurisdiction if there's a jurisdiction you know across across train tracks or across a bridge right. they can get called to go assist uh, another police station that is in the other other jurisdiction yeah we um,
0: saw that in Fredericksburg exactly, Stafford police exactly, was down there
1: yeah exactly so that really doesn't help to deter uh, officers who have been um, who have been found guilty or no. even I guess not even I don't think they go to court for things like that it's kind of all mm-hmm. held uh, handled internally
0: yeah, the, the internal affairs mm-hmm. people. It doesn't even hinder Wish that. that makes sense. It that doesn't, doesn't make any sense. It doesn't even hinder. Honestly, it probably, if if they need a fresh start or whatever, mm-hmm. they can get referrals from. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not sure exactly how the how the internals mm-hmm. work of all that, but it doesn't seem to be internal affairs. Does not seem to be doing its job, to mm-hmm. say to say the
1: least. Mm-hmm. Um, I've read a few accounts from old officers on social media about the culture. That is found in police stations and
0: you know really? the police
1: force. It's it's not the most accepting in a sense of individuals who want to speak out against it. Um, Dave Chappelle's comedy special had a discussion about it. I forget the officer's name, but it was an officer who was an ex-marine or an ex-military who mm-hmm. was working in L.A. Um, I don't know if you've seen if you've seen the A forty six one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he talks about how that officer had a whole manifesto about like his his idea and what he thought about it. Mm-hmm. Um, because he had already been an officer who had seen acts of police brutality and tried to speak out against it and essentially got blacklisted as an officer. I believe right. he got fired and everything.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and I've read accounts where a police officer has been transferred to another... He was he was on a case with an officer um, who had beat up this kid. He had, like, broken his nose, and he tried to speak out against it. They didn't end up arresting the kid. They had to make up a, a whole case against why they were even trying to. Ended up not happening, and he tried to report that officer to his supervisor. Guy ends up getting transferred to that officer's unit and then while on that unit no one there provided backup to him but he went to any cases and he had a meeting with the I think it was the sergeant or whoever the superintendent was for that unit was like watch what you say and watch when you try and stab other officers in the back or you're not going to get backup when you need it. Yeah. And when you foster that kind of culture within you know police force you then create people who no longer like even if you are the whole the good apple within see the yeah. bad ones, you were then, you're then forced to then be compliant with what's going on right. because it is your livelihood. Yeah, you got to pay for your kids, exactly food for your kids. and Exactly. And that's your career. And let's mm-hmm. say you've been working in that since you were about, you know, in your 20s, you're now yeah. 30, you know, and maybe in the area you worked at was different, you may have transferred and things were different. Mm-hmm. That's all you know. That is now your career. That is what you've been working towards. Yeah, Sammy and Izzy were
0: talking about that when they were mm-hmm. at the protest, they were, Sammy said he went up to on the first episode, but mm. you guys should go watch.
1: Definitely go watch.
0: Um, they were talking about how they went up to one of the officers and were like, what are you doing? Like, why are you here? And he's like, because I got to put food on the, on the table. Mm. And it's like, you have that moral dilemma, I feel like, if you're an individual within these departments or you want to speak out, but at the same time, you're like, mm. you know the consequences? The consequences, like, it's a a decision like that is such risk-based. Mm. Am I willing to take the risk of alienating Myself and perhaps not get a new job, just so I can do the right thing. It's like no, I'd rather set my kids up for a better future, and that's that's the issue. That's that's an issue, but it's it's so understandable. Mm -hmm. It's so relatable Mm -hmm. to not want to ruffle feathers so your kids can have a better better future. I've been telling my mom
1: about uh, similar situations like that. She's she's been very. Cautious about you know posting stuff on social media right about now, right? Um, especially how she says employers will look towards your social media, they do definitely. Um, And I've been trying to tell her that if and I'm not like the biggest, you know, I'm not out there going crazy on social media saying nothing, saying nothing wild, but I've definitely been sharing things that I think are essential to see Mm -hmm. and my perspective on a lot of things, sure. Um, and I've been trying to, I've been trying to, exactly, and I've been trying to tell her that if an employer sees the things. That I'm saying now and find them either offensive or against company policy, or seeing that I wouldn't be a good fit there. I found that God will put me in places where He wants me to be at. And yeah. if I'm trying to apply to a place and that's the reason that they don't think I'd be a good fit there, I don't need to belong
0: there. Yeah, you do I don't, you, that, don't I want to be in that. I don't want to be in that country
1: anyways. or not that country, that, that company, culture, and exactly a company that fosters that type of culture because I will be able to thrive there. I probably won't, you know, if that's how you know the leadership is. Then how are the people who are then working there in? Uh, some of the lower positions more than likely where I'd be an entry man yeah exactly so then that you know that type of mind state if that's how it is for police officers where it's like I can't say anything against the police officers I'm with because then I would lose out I can't say that for everyone that they should look but personally I couldn't find myself there as I know my moral compass we kind of talk about you know what's it moral morality isn't law and law isn't morality yeah morality.
0: like all all laws are not moral and not all morals are laws yes
1: my my moral compass would then tell me, this isn't where you're supposed to be. I want to work somewhere where I can make an impact, right. where I can make change and actually help benefit people. Definitely. And in some cases, I guess for in a, in a perfect world, police officers are there to protect people and you're able to then get back to your community. Yeah. What we're seeing now is the opposite of that. It's not the same. Where the communities are in fear of the officers, mm-hmm. or they are the ones who are perpetrating, you know, I wouldn't necessarily call them atrocities, but, you know.
0: I mean, some of them are.
1: Some of them very much are atrocities, but not in every case. But you're definitely abusing, you know, the... the it's a, it's abusing, an abuse of power. An abuse of power. And if you find yourself as you're the individual who wants to actually help contribute to the community, I feel like that's a contradiction, you know, and guarantee this.
0: I feel like most people go in, though, with that with that mm-hmm. feeling, with mm-hmm. the moral compass of, hey, I'm going to do the right thing, and then they find themselves swept up in this culture of... Better not telling anybody, or you're not going to have a job. And by that time, by the time you get swept up in it, your first kid's on the way, Mm -hmm. and it's like, oh, what do Mm -hmm. I do now? And it's the moral, the moral situation is not definitely not the easiest. But yeah, like you were saying, if a company like looks at you, like post like Black Lives Matter or Blackout Tuesday, and they're like, ah, you posted a black square, we don't want to hire you. It's like I want to work there anyways. So that's a whole other. That's a whole other company. It's like another one of the, the rungs that everything is so like convoluted with. It's just another area where there needs to be some sort of reform. Mm-hmm. But how? And it's also not the one that is the most pressing, though, which is why the company cultures, which is why people don't talk about it, like tolerance within company cultures, or even the workplace. It's kind of... Not that it's not important, but it's less pressing than somebody that got killed by a
1: cop. Mm. What do you mean by that? Like the the culture of the company is going to you know get headlines in a sense.
0: Yeah, it's less pressing as far as like, okay, right now, uh, women of, or people of color get paid less on the dollar. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, that's a problem that needs to be addressed. Mm-hmm. But what needs to be addressed first is people dying because mm-hmm. paying getting paid. Mm-hmm. Less a couple of cents less than the dollar mm-hmm. is not going to kill you. Mm-hmm. It's not to say violence it's can. right. Mm-hmm. It's not to say it's not a problem, mm-hmm.
1: but as it's of, an issue that could be resolved a, within a, a single company too. Um, and you that's argue, true. You can argue that what we're seeing now with police is a systemic issue, um, and it could be a, a symptom as because we, we talked about or as mm-hmm. we heard with um, the Brett Weinstein uh, podcast yeah. is that they are symptoms of a much deeper issue in our country. Um, and I think that's one of the things that we're looking at. Very, to chat about mu- very well. much
0: so. I think so. The other issue with, or not issue, the other important part for mm-hmm. me of the police reform policies was the, the qualified immunity. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know you've taken more political and law sorts of classes mm-hmm. than I have, and so you can correct me if I'm wrong, but my understanding is that mm-hmm. that was put into place to prevent officers from getting personally sued. Mm-hmm while on the job.
1: I took some notes on it as well.
0: Okay. Um, is that correct or kind of off a little bit?
1: So this is, this is from from the article that we read up on. Um, there's a little blurb that stuck out to me completely. Um, and it was said, the doctrine allows government officials breathing room to make reasonable but potentially mistaken judgments about open legal questions. Um, and as mm. we talked about earlier, how you know the training that an officer gets within, I think it was six weeks or, or in, a, in a time period similar to that, to then go out on their own and to then help to try and enforce the law versus right. a lawyer who goes through undergrad and then three years of law school to then mm-hmm. go to a, a courtroom to then have to you know enforce or not excuse me enforce but either defend someone or apply that law to someone. Right. Um, the disparity in time, uh, time education exactly. trainings like exactly how
0: long is law school? Three years? Four three years? Three years, years. Three. So you so have on top of under four years you of have pre law, four mm-hmm. years of like pre law mm-hmm. or whatever your undergrad is. Mm-hmm. Then another three years of law school. Then once you get to the first firm, then it's like another couple years while you're while you're an understudy to somebody else. And then by the time you get your own case, you're, it's like 10 years by exactly. that time.
1: And then versus, you know, an officer who gets between six weeks, I say, to a max of, you know, three or four months of yeah. training. Yeah. You know, going to the academy to then get put right out onto the force. You know, and I don't know if exactly that's the exact time frame. But it's not ten years. It's not you know. ten years of training to be able to go out and make sure that you can protect the communities in the proper way that they yeah. need to be protected. I um, that's another discussion that we kinda of talked about is that do police off op- are police officers the ones who need to respond? Or are they responding in every single case? Is it then like are they necessary to be called on?
0: I don't think so. I think we need to rethink how we view mm-hmm. the police. It's like are some are there some cases where police are necessary absolutely Mm -hmm. drunk like drunk driving drunk driving case Mm -hmm. or like even some even some domestic abuse cases i feel like you send a cop with a social worker or a cop with with somebody Mm -hmm. else but then you get into the issue of like what if the dude is like super violent and the Mm -hmm. social worker is unarmed and the social worker gets killed then it's like then you run into that whole like weird gray area Mm -hmm. about who's responsible who's Mm -hmm. Uh, liable for that and then it's like do you send that person do you not okay well the cop might be more violent so then that's a whole other question but to answer your initial question I think we definitely need to rethink how we or how the police what their role in society is Mm. to go to more towards the Peace Corps rather than like warriors or Mm. whatever or trying to like they sit on like they they hide on the side of the road and try and get people for speeding tickets Mm. like it's like unless that person is going like thirty over, mm. they're going ten over, fifteen over. Like honestly, like the speed limit on the highway outside is fifty five miles an hour. This one right here. Yeah, and what in what world is three ninety five? What <laughs> world does 55. anyone go fifty five miles an hour? Mm. And so when you're when you're going seventy with the flow of traffic, mm. like it doesn't seem bad. But then when they when they write it on the ticket, hey, you were going seventy to fifty five, mm. it looks, it looks terrible. horrible. Mm. You were on fifteen over. Mm. It's like, well, yeah, because everybody else was. Were you and, trying to catch up to
1: the rest of yeah, the Yeah, and
0: track. so that's one of those things where it's like you need to rethink what the priority, what the priorities are. I think, anyways. Mm-hmm. But so it's, I think, so for the Republican-backed bill, qualified immunity is not touched, I believe, yeah, and the Democrat one, it, it is. Mm. And I struggle to understand. Why both sides, I don't know enough mm-hmm. about it to make a judgment call. What are your thoughts on, on that?
1: Um, I think it is something that can be looked at. Mm-hmm. Um, and this kind of ties back to what I found in the article uh, based on, like, where did, where did the idea of qualified unity even come from? Mm-hmm. And how is it applied? Um, and we're going to get, get notesy here real quick. There's two cases, actually technically three cases, but two big cases to, to focus on. Um, and it's Pearson versus Callahan and Saucier versus Katz. Okay. Um, and this is, I'm streaming straight from the notes. And it says, Pearson established a precedent requiring courts to grant immunity on two bases, a violation of a constitutional right for someone they're looking to arrest, and whether a precedent or established law already exists, mm-hmm. right? Saucier broke this by granting immunity after only observing if there was a precedent or established the law and not if a person's uh, rights were violated, essentially boiling the eligibility for qualified immunity from two points down to one. That causes an issue. It causes an issue. Not necessarily. That's not solely the problem. But when you talk about, you know, having the ability or actually being successful in charging an officer, these type of cases come into issue. What I learned from a legal case was, especially, and as I just said, if you're the first person to, you know, get hurt in a certain way by a police officer, you try to take them to court, you're Mm -hmm. out of luck. Because there is no there's no, there's no precedent. There's no established law that says this is illegal.
0: So they get super specific, don't they? Very They'll super be like, specific. Oh well you weren't hit in the left shoulder with the police officer's right hand mm-hmm. of a baton of this length.
1: Mm-hmm. No precedence. Yep. So and and the issue with that is is that when you look at Saucier's your saucier's case, it breaks it down just that, mm-hmm. you know. Regardless, before if it was if you if there was if there was no precedent, but you did violate their rights, now it goes on the books, yeah. right? But they took that away. They took that away without that, uh... having to no violation, right? If it's if there's no if it's already on the books, you mm-hmm. can get charged. Mm-hmm. But because they can get very specific, oh, this has never happened before. Qualified immunity granted. And the way cases work, if you already cite a case that has already been established. Right, you're you're pretty much done because now it's an almost an identical case. Yeah, you know what I mean. So if I if I attack you in a very specific way and mm-hmm. I take you to court, right, and it becomes our case. Yeah, if an officer does that and changes, let's say, the location of it, mm-hmm. right, the location of where it's done, or yeah. if I if you push me down or I push you down in a specific location and that gets put into the case, mm-hmm. that makes it now different. Therefore, there is no precedent for exactly what happened,
0: even though it regardless, did. Exactly, even yeah. though it did,
1: regardless if you violated my constitutional right, mm-hmm. they're not looking towards the Pearson case. They're focused on the saucier case. Mm-hmm. So when you when it comes to the court of law, stuff like that gets very specific. And reading up on that kind of made me understand that this is there's there's loopholes in it. Yeah. And when it comes to when it comes to courtrooms and judges, you understand why people put so much emphasis on getting judges. Understand why this presidency has confirmed a, a large number of judges during yeah. these past these past four years right. is to understand that regardless of what the law says, if I interpret it a certain way and then put it on the books, it is now this now has a precedent. Right. You know what I mean? Like if I if I vote or if I judge something in a certain direction or a certain way, it's now it's now on the books, period. Right. You know what I mean? And regardless of whether or not the law is there to follow it, there's always in the case of Sautia, there's already a case that says I yeah. can do it this way. Regardless of there used to be two requirements. No, people Used to cite that one. I don't have to cite that, even if you cite that case. Yeah, it in doesn't the courtroom,
0: matter because the precedent
1: has been changed. Well, not even if it's changed. I can cite another case. Yeah. If you cite the Pearson one saying, Okay, you violated my rights and you did this, you know, and let's say there isn't a precedent on the book, so if that or let's say there is a precedent on the book, excuse me, so you can find them for that. If they only go by Saucier or the Saucier case, I don't know exactly how you say his name, um, and you find that however they framed it that there is no precedent, they don't even look towards mm-hmm. if you if your constitutional rights are violated. So issues like that goes, and that's where the whole idea, you know, it's it's bigger than just the police. Yeah. Because then you go into all right, if you even if you have an encounter with the police, and you try to force, you know, the law upon them. You then have to take it to a courtroom to have it settled.
0: Yeah, and then there's its own set of issues mm-hmm. as well. So, do you think that these reforms are enough to satisfy the Black Lives Matter movement or their goals? Or, what do you think their goals are?
1: I think it's treading lightly. Well, I can't even sound Republican half. Um, But I do know the Democratic bill is definitely treading lightly.
0: Uh Um,
1: And I'm not saying you need to completely reform it. I think it does need to be looked at in a a much deeper aspect than it is. I'm not Mm -hmm. actually, we did read upon it, but I'm not, I can't remember exactly what the bill said. I should have took notes on that specifically. Um, But I do believe that it's something. It's something that needs, for well, first of all, it needs to be bipartisan. And the fact that you can have, the Republicans have pretty much saying this is not, we're not touching this whatsoever, like this is a no-go for us, yeah. is already putting up a wall in the first place. It's a
0: weird thing because they're both saying it about the other ones, even though the bills are about 70% the same. I think the only real mm. difference is the qualified immunity. Mm. Everything else is the same, mm. but they're both like, no, we're not going to talk mm. to you, which is not, not good, which mm. also means that nothing gets done. Mm. Which means that either the Black Lives Matter movement peters out,
1: Mm.
0: or unless there's some group or person that takes charge as like the leader, Mm. there's no leader of this movement to negotiate with Mm. for what Mm. needs to get done. So they're just they being the like Congress is just off the cuff saying like, yeah, we think this will be fine, Mm. but it's like no
1: to actually discuss whether yeah, there's
0: no there's no discussions Mm. with people on the on the street. I mean, like. Well, what do you you guys see? Mm -hmm. What do you want? That's terrible leadership. Mm -hmm. You're a good leader. You're going to go talk to people. Say, hey, what do you see? Mm -hmm. Like, let's come up with a plan. Because Mm -hmm. then once you talk to those people, then those people have buy-in because they're part of the plan. Mm -hmm. Right now, there's no buy-in because nobody trusts Congress. Mm -hmm. And so, regardless of if they get this passed, there's no... And so it puts Congress in a lose-lose because they have no one to negotiate with to even show that leadership. Mm -hmm. Not that they would anyways, Mm -hmm. but... Let's assume that they would. Mm. There's no one to do that with. Mm. So then, what is the goal? I've heard a lot of defund the police. Mm-hmm.
1: Abolish the police. Mm. Which could be skewed, as we talked about. It could be skewed or painted in, in weird or very Yeah, which ways. can be
0: skewed. Yeah, and the problem with that is it's a headline. It's a catchy thing mm-hmm. without any nuance. Mm. So if you defund the police... We're going to jump in a little bit, but... If you defund the police... Right now, police don't make, I don't know what the exact number is, but they don't make a lot. What incentive do people who are qualified have to become cops? It's like someone who has the temperament, the capability to actually have the gun and the badge and be in a, be in a position where they can be in charge of somebody's life. The people who are capable of that are off running companies Mm. and managing people and Mm. teams and, like, are doing all sorts of great things because those are the people that have the capabilities to do that. There's no incentive for those people to become police. Mm. People that become police are either they have a sense of duty, some, Mm. or two, they can't get another job. Mm.
1: And that's their interest.
0: And that's their interest. Mm. And almost if you... So it's weird. It's like so. You're saying you're gonna you're gonna defund the police. It's like okay. Well, if you're gonna if you have less money to pay the cops, mm-hmm. you're gonna get less quality less cash. quality people.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's something we discussed earlier.
0: Which is a problem because mm-hmm. if you think of yourself as a marketable entity, like what will the market pay for my skill set? Mm-hmm. X number of dollars. Mm-hmm. The less salary is that is available, the less quality of service or Mm -hmm. individual, you're Mm -hmm. going to get wanting to do that. Mm -hmm. And then to me, that seems like the cycle will then just repeat itself. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, the same thing goes with the training. If you want the best training, you're going to have to put money into that. Mm -hmm. Right now, the best training, like the people who are the best at training are like in the SEAL teams Mm -hmm. and the Army Rangers and like all that Mm -hmm. because they get paid more there. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to come train the cops because Mm -hmm. no, they don't get paid anything Mm -hmm. to do it. It's so like I think Jocko. Especially now, too. Yeah, especially now that everybody like the the wide consensus of public opinion is anti like, anti police mm-hmm. for the most part, except for like the people who are running around with the the American flags with the blue stripe. But like Jocko Willink, he's a former Navy SEAL. He was in charge of the tactical training for the SEAL teams. Mm-hmm. He would run those guys through scenario after scenario after scenario with simunition, like when uh, they watch it back and be like, what can I do better? Like Cops don't get that sort of training. That's what they need, but that training costs money. So if you take money away from them, what are you left with? Like, I don't...
1: And my thing is, and we, we discussed this earlier, is about the amount of money that police units do get, or police departments, and wherever they're state, local, or federal. Mm-hmm where does the money specifically go and how we're talking about training and how we have to talk about increased funding towards training my gripe with it is the amount of military style equipment that the police do get
0: oh for sure and they don't need
1: that they don't need all the equipment and it's weird to see them painted and I'm I'm not a police officer but I swear that some of them choose the police being a police officer instead of a military and they still see it in the same in the same paradigm
0: definitely in the same structure it's almost like it's I don't have to go through boot camp but exactly. I still get to have this giant gun.
1: Guns, I still get to have all yeah. the gear and my nine out of ten times they end up either keeping some of the gear or having some of the gear at home. Yeah. Then they choose to go buy their own weapons and nothing's wrong with owning weapons but it's the mentality that you get from being a police officer. It's mm-hmm. the, as we talked about earlier, the structure mm-hmm. and the entire entity of a police department and the way they see things, the way they think, mm-hmm. the way they treat the people who are in, in the, in the, on the police force. They see it as a brotherhood. Yeah, And it's weird I, it's, it's weird because I was talking to my mom about this and it feels like they're almost like domestic military is how they see themselves. Yeah. And it's almost like we are the foreigners in another, like if they're in another country like in Iraq. Yeah. We are the foreigners that they see as. They're there to protect their country, they're there to protect the flag and enforce the law. And we're the people. Yeah. American citizens are the ones who are then causing the issue. And they're the ones being called upon to go and resolve yeah. the issue. All the all the pro- I, I, It's weird to see them continually react with more brutality when the entire purpose of the protest is to protest police brutality. Yeah, I'm like the the whole the whole point of the movements is getting missed. Yeah, you know,
0: it is for sure. So I guess instead of it's reallocation of funds, reallocation that, of funds.
1: Yeah, fund. to see the to the see money. the budget and exactly where the money is going. Yeah, to try and reshape it from that. Point.
0: Yeah, so that would cause. Some oversight, then. It's like from where? I mm-hmm. guess. Oh, one of the other things in the in the police reform bill, there was mm-hmm. a. Oh, we already talked about the national database, but if they were to do something similar, a national database for budget accountability, mm-hmm. where's the money going? Mm-hmm. That would probably be useful. Mm-hmm. I guess I hesitant. I'm hesitant to say useful because I would almost not want the government to be in charge of that mm-hmm. because they're already wrapped up in the whole scheme system type deal. Mm-hmm some independent auditing third-party mm-hmm. type type deal might be best. Do you think
1: it's on the public's privacy, or specifically?
0: No, I have nothing, nothing in specific. I just, like, I know there's companies that come in and do audits and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Something like that would probably be, but it would have to be, like, yearly, like a yearly annual audit, mm-hmm. and then that data would have to get reported back to some governing body. some governing body that mm-hmm. would say, like, Okay, they're not complying. We're going to take away federal funding from them because they didn't comply, and that would be the incentive for them to comply because they wouldn't get the funding the following mm-hmm. fiscal year.
1: And that's something I'm pretty sure that the bills
0: talk about. Yeah, it's like if they don't ban chokeholds, mm-hmm. then they're not going to get the federal funding. Whereas the Democrat bill just makes it illegal to use them, and
1: which I don't. I my issue with the my issue with the whole incentive point is it's uh, you're still you're still leaving it in the department's hand to report it whether or not. Sure. You know, so if they choose to report it, and you know, they are—I guarantee, you, especially in New York, uh, police departments already are kind of shady about what they report. Mm-hmm. They have they have cases that don't—they're not a single resolved, but issues that get reported to them that don't even go on the books. No. So yeah, for sure. If you're talking about then withholding federal funds, if you don't exactly tell us everything, all of the, all of the well, times, then they
0: have no incentive to tell, which is where exactly. they would have to go get audited. But. So it's, it's a whole, it's like, that's what kind of the structure of what needs to happen, but mm. then to make sure it actually happens is another issue. No, no. And then, but the thing is with some of the some of the departments, like, if they're so corrupt that there's no changing them, mm. it's like, you think you should abolish that police department? Fine, mm. let's explore it. Let's see what, why mm. they're as corrupt, why, what is making it that way, and then we can build a new one. Mm. But to abolish it without the plan in place is almost like... I know I know. this is the extreme of what, like, when in Seattle mm. that group took over that, like, six-block radius yeah. and turned it into their own like, little, they called it an autonomous zone. Mm. And, like, little warlords pop up, or, like, when Izzy was talking about in the first episode, gangs pop up when the state fails the people mm. to protect the people. Mm. If there's no China. police, then it's like, okay, well, that vacuum of power is going to get filled somehow, mm. and sometimes what fills it is worse than what was already there, mm-hmm. and so that's another thing to be aware of. Mm-hmm. I guess it's extreme, but also it already happened in Seattle and Portland for a little bit. Mm-hmm. But they tried to do it to the mayor's apartment. and The cops cleared it out in like a day. So like, but
1: still, I imagine that is the extreme. Yeah. So, but possible though, nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And especially as divisive as as things have become, mm-hmm. like two years ago, mm-hmm. I would never have. Dreamed mm-hmm. that I'd have seen a six-block radius of a city mm-hmm. blockaded by citizens with guns. guns. Mm-hmm. Never would have even dreamed, mm-hmm. and now two have popped up in the space of two weeks. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's extreme, but also not unfathomable. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if things don't get fixed, and who's to say that things are getting fixed? Mm-hmm. Because there's no leader of the movement to negotiate with. So it, we're really I don't I don't see how this ends unless someone takes charge, something like, steps up and says, mm-hmm. like, with the support of the movement to negotiate on their behalf. Mm-hmm. I don't really see a way to get out of it based on the circumstances that we've just laid out. Well, that is something we
1: talked about, though, is the the idea of a leader for a movement. The whole Black Lives Matter movement has a group of founders. They have a group of people who created the movement, mm-hmm. and they started this, I back in 2012. Don't quote me on exactly the date, but it's been around.
0: I think, I think 20, 2012 or 13.
1: It's I think Obama was still
0: in one. office, yeah.
1: It's been around for some years. Um, but from a historical standpoint, the idea of leading a movement, especially this big now, it's spread internationally, mm-hmm. is it's already on the radar of the government. Right. And to have one person who is the leader of the movement. Is, or even a group, though. Or I mean, even a
0: group that will negotiate on behalf of.
1: Like a, a cr- like the creators of the movement, yeah. Like this, clearly, it was an idea, and mm-hmm. the name came from a group of people, right? So, in my in my mind, I could see those that group of individuals being the ones to step up and create a game plan for the Black Lives Matter movement to so send it out through their emails and say, "This is what we were looking to achieve," uh-huh. and actually have the set game plan. So, have you Had you heard they
0: from them that I
1: don't know. Um, I'm on their email list, uh-huh. and I do get a lot of information and in newsletters, but I've yet to see a full game plan laid out. Um, now I'm not saying there isn't one. There may sure. be one that I haven't seen.
0: Well it'd be nice if they were to release it because mm-hmm. I don't I haven't seen it. Well, I haven't seen it either.
1: Exactly. Um, but there may be one. But the whole idea of having a leader, especially nowadays, can come with way more than just being the one person to talk to. Um, when you take a look at society and the way society kind of paints people who gain I wouldn't even call them celebrities gain important or being mm-hmm. influencers. Mm-hmm. You know, they kind of either try to find dirt on them. They try to paint them in a certain light. And regardless of how, you know, what their objective case is, look at Colin Kaepernick. People just sure. to say what they think about what they're doing yeah. in their own perspective. Um, and then from just their historical standpoint, what I was just saying is that the government doesn't necessarily take too too fondly to individuals who step up That's and actually true. try and speak out against a system that That's is set true. up. You know, if you look at, like, the, the leaders of the civil rights movement, mm-hmm. either they were assassinated or they are just, they, like, the movement itself was crippled. Yeah. Take, take for example the Black Panther Party yeah. you know the leaders of that got killed Literally yeah. got killed Yeah. you know so it's hard to be the person to want to step up when you see one the history of it sure. and two you understand the social society that we live in yeah. the social construct of what you know the internet that's out, that's out now with social media yeah. and how people will try and portray it or try and skew what the actual idea of it is it's a difficult one then because I agree
0: I, I wouldn't want to do that mm. But at some point...
1: There needs to be direction.
0: Somebody, yeah, somebody has to provide mm-hmm. some sort of direction. Because if they don't, then like we are mm-hmm. saying, the politicians have no... No guide. Mm-hmm. Because they're not going out to talk to anyone. No, like that's, that's an issue that needs so to be discussed. That is an issue as well. But they're just kind of making mm-hmm. it up. And that's not good either. Mm-hmm. So... I don't know, and then it just becomes this this cycle where the policing keeps going, and then it cripples the communities that it affects disproportionately um, you know like especially in the in the black community. we touched on this with Sam and Izzy as well, but the like the amount of single parent households is like some absurdly high
1: mm-hmm.
0: number. And I know you were talking about generational mm-hmm. The generational like symptoms of that you want el- to elab- yeah you want to elaborate on that
1: so understanding that and as you touched on how when you have police either being the one to incarcerate black men or kill them mm. in the ways that they do it leaves a, a, a gap in a child's life right um, and that's that's not necessarily something that you have to think too hard about it's a simple understanding right you know you understand that when a piece of the family unit is missing it then creates a generational issue or can create a generational issue I'm not saying it's it's guaranteed but it's easily to the see likelihood
0: that, it's higher yeah
1: the yeah. likelihood is higher because they don't have what what does it look like to have two parents who are there to support you when you need them who are there to support you financially um, and there to help guide you when you come across things if you have now had one who has been incarcerated for you know let's say for a charge that may or may not have been a violent charge and they been mm-hmm. put away for a long periods of time yeah You now have a perspective of the government that has now taken your your dad away. Right. You know what I mean? So then Mm -hmm. you kinda grow up with either with that resentment Mm -hmm. or if your mom is working two or three jobs to try and provide for you, you're then kind of navigating through that life on your own. You're not you don't have anyone there to then help shape you and help teach you, all right, this is what you gotta do when you get into these type of situations. Right. You know, making sure that you're good when you come across that. Mm -hmm. Um so when you have a a child grow up like that in that type of environment, it's easy to see how it's so it's the stereotype of oh this kid is a problem child he comes you know he has anger issues or he has issues with this mm-hmm. well he doesn't have anyone in his home to help him mm-hmm. with those issues right you know what I mean understand that this is you're looking at the symptom of what the problem is right know, rather than what the problem is itself. yeah
0: there's also an interesting biological standpoint to that it's like when I was listening to a podcast and uh, it was a, a, bi- a biologist was talking about when you take a large portion of the males out of a, any given population mm-hmm the males who are left become in higher demand Mm. from a mating perspective Mm. and then they don't have the incentive to stick around Mm. and create that family structure that you were talking about so not only is it they're incarcerated Mm. but the ones who are left have less of an incentive to stick around because they're Mm. in higher biological demand Mm. by the females of that community and that's from what biologists were saying that's across the board if you take a large portion of the males out of any community mm-hmm. that's kind of what happens mm-hmm. so that is compounded on on top of the fact that they're growing up without dads and they don't have the role models and then they do the same thing of either they get jailed or killed mm-hmm. and then the ones who are left it's just the cycle repeats itself mm-hmm. and the opportunities to get out aren't aren't there and won't be there until that's addressed
1: mm-hmm. Which is,
0: and at face value,
1: that does make sense. And as as we were explaining it earlier, it made sense. But I don't know. Hearing it again, it feels like. And the fact of it, the fact of the matter is, is it a fact? Yes. Mm-hmm. But when you're when you're trying to understand it and look at it from,
0: it's a compounding factor.
1: It's, a it's compounding not the factor. only factor. It's um, a compounding one. And the, the podcast, the fact that he mentioned it made sense, and I expressed this to you when we, we talked earlier. I don't think that's necessarily what should be focused on no right it is is it a fact maybe yes it could that, be a fact yeah I
0: agree it shouldn't be the focus but yes. to understand why it's so bad mm. that needs to be understood mm. as it's not just stop jailing mm. it's stop jailing and then it'll take a generation or two for this biological thing to also mm. kind of come out of this like mm. out of the Population or mm-hmm. the community. Mm-hmm. So it's like you do this one thing, and people are like, like you do police reform and mm-hmm. it doesn't change for a generation or two. People are like, you argue it doesn't work. People are like, oh, well, it didn't work. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, well, this other thing needs to be considered as well. Should it be the main focus? No. Mm-hmm. Should it be talked about, though? I would argue yes, mm-hmm. due to that fact. Mm-hmm. Especially because if people don't see change immediately, mm-hmm. then it's like, well, it didn't work anyway. So, like, why, why did you why did you even it. do it? Mm-hmm. It's like, well, no, just like, patient, like mm-hmm. patience, like let it kind of. That's so. It's an it's an important kind of anecdote. I feel like to that issue, mm-hmm. it's something that I hadn't considered before. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, like you said, it shouldn't be the the main focus mm-hmm. to this to the single mm-hmm. the single parent household issue. It shouldn't be the main focus
1: at all. But it's it is an important part of the issue nonetheless. Mm-hmm. I'd be curious to see what, in my what opinion, percentage you just, or if you could even factor out a percentage of that of what type of like how that actually contributes to the greater discussion at hand
0: I'm sure there's models studies done mm-hmm. about like not within this particular one but if you pull a group of males out of the population mm-hmm. what happens to the kids mm-hmm. of any mammal species probably mm-hmm. or any species where both parents are mm-hmm. involved in raising of in the raising of the child mm-hmm. or offspring or whatever I feel like there are studies done on mm-hmm.
1: I feel like that's difficult, though, if it's not a human.
0: You yeah, it's, I mean? different. it's different. It's, for sure. it's different, for sure. Humans is
1: different. Because it's one thing to just pull them out, but it's also, when you're talking about humans, when you're talking about black people, how are you pulling them out? Yeah. And the and ways that they're being pulled out makes It issue.
0: makes it worse than I'm Not otherwise. necessarily makes it worse. That's,
1: that's right. the key issue. Because if you're talking yeah. about mass incarceration on a scale that, on, on basis, that's either non-violent offenses mm-hmm. or the three strike laws in California. Or, or even drug just offenses killed. or whatever, yeah. Yes. That then leaves an impact. The mm-hmm. fact that how they get pulled out of the, the structure, the I guess you can call it society, should say. Yeah. So the way they are being pulled out is the issue at hand. Not necessarily. Okay, they're getting pulled out now. There's, you know, one male for every four women. Now it's easier for him to you know to go have sex with each one of these women and then have kids and then now he gets to pick which one he wants to go yeah. to. It's bigger than that in the sense. It because is.
0: Definitely. Yeah. It is definitely bigger. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to take away from the initial issue at mm-hmm. hand, but yeah,
1: yeah, okay. So, but when you see it, when you see it from that perspective as, let's say if there was an equal amount for each one, mm-hmm. then, you know, in an ideal world, there should be, you shouldn't have mm-hmm. to have, you know, disproportionately more African-American right. males going to jail or right. being killed by police than there are any other time But that's where we live in. So when you see it from that perspective. And instead of understanding, and from from this gentleman's perspective, and I'm going to say he's a biologist, so that's what he would look at. Mm-hmm. But when you look at it from the perspective of okay, Evolu-
0: evolutionary biologist, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, specifically, it's, it's a little twist onto like how people evolve and mm-hmm. how they're like the instincts evolve mm-hmm. rather than just it's it's a nuance. But mm-hmm.
1: I'd be curious to understand to ask him if he sees it from. The perspective I'm trying to explain it from, or is his only focus on specifically the biological standpoint? I
0: think, for everybody who doesn't know what we're talking about, uh, Brett, Weinstein, Brett Weinstein was on Joe Rogan's podcast like three or four days ago. Um, he brought up some a couple of very interesting points. A couple of those were well, one I just brought up with with Jason, but I wanted to know what he, what his thoughts were on mm-hmm. that. I don't want to speak for him, but mm-hmm. I would venture to guess that his point would be. So many people are already talking about that, and no one is talking about the, his perspective, the biological part, mm-hmm. and so it's important to bring it up. Mm-hmm. would be my guess would be how he would respond. Mm-hmm. Obviously I'm not trying to put words in his mouth but I've heard what you're saying mm-hmm. way more like I've heard what you're saying from multiple people, mm-hmm. like all different like places, people who understand how this, how the cycle works. Mm-hmm. That's the first time
1: I've heard that that perspective. yeah mm-hmm. and it is and it is a different perspective. Definitely a different perspective It's, but it's it, it almost it is, like
0: a, supp- a supplement.
1: Yeah, but yeah. it's based on fact. Mm-hmm. As, it, as you can say, it is based on fact. Um what contributing factor does that fact have? I don't know. No. Um, I'm not no sure. Either. I'm not sure if there is research on that, but from at face value, it is kind of, and this is kind of where my responses come from is mm-hmm. may it be true, yes. And we've we said this as, as well. May mm-hmm. it be true, yes. But is that the focus of what we are focused on now? No. Not necessarily. Yeah. It still is fact yeah so
0: definitely and he brought up another good point about biological systems within the brain like the instincts that lead to how human beings can take any terrestrial like environment and use it to their advantage and what he was talking about with the slave trade was you were taking people out of their ancestral environment Mm -hmm. Taking them out of their culture, thrusting them into a new, different environment, so mm-hmm. all of what they had known before did no longer applied. Mm-hmm. They had no common culture because they mixed people from all different places in Africa. As yes. far as like, they didn't keep all the people mm-hmm. from like Ghana together or Cote d'Ivoire together. It was mm-hmm. all mixed up, so there was no common culture. Mm-hmm. So then they had to make their own, and that set them back biologically as well and that was another point that i hadn't i hadn't considered from like yes did all the atrocities happen to where at face value okay they didn't have the money they didn't have the, like the generational wealth or the access to education or that but it set them back to arguments more, more than mentally because we were talking about before about how if you're taught so often that like people don't like how you look you are talking about how people in like the 30s would use like chemicals on their hair to make it straight or whatever but it's even deeper than that it's like your instincts your deepest instincts at your core were taken Mm -hmm. away from you and that is far worse than what like not to say that the other stuff isn't bad because it's horrible Mm -hmm. that's far worse than that your deepest instincts no longer apply Mm -hmm. from and that is a horrible horrible thing to take away from a group of people, especially like the Black community and Native Americans, mm-hmm. to take like groups that reside on the East Coast and stick them on the West Coast and mm-hmm. like with
1: nothing—it's
0: mm-hmm. a horrible, horrible thing. Mm-hmm. I, so, I don't know what you thought about that as well.
1: Now, in what aspect? Just them getting moved from? Just
0: generally the the that deeper part, like to go deeper in past the mm-hmm. face value of. There's no generational wealth or there's no, like, mm-hmm. the
1: education wasn't
0: there or the opportunities wasn't there.
1: Mm-hmm. Like, so I can talk on what we mentioned earlier as well, <laughs> more or less backtracking. Um, but how I mentioned that black people are, like, the only group of individuals in the country that have been taught to dislike themselves. Right. And how the image of, you know, being like a white person, as I mentioned, with the whole conch and the hair and trying yeah, to trade yeah, yeah. it through chemicals. Where the idea that is, if you are black and you have natural curly hair and you have the natural everything about you that has been that has been God given to you, you, you no longer like, and you then strive to try and be like a white person. There's what other group in this country has been put through so much turmoil, on top of that, you know what I mean. And the yeah. fact that, and this and this kind of compounds back to everything, even you know with the the Black Family Unit, Black Family Unit, excuse me, um, but the idea that you can grow up around other black people and just kind of have the idea that you know especially if you're going to a mixed school where right. there's you know all kinds of races and you're looked at as the lower you're on the mm-hmm. lower rung. right you kind of look around yourself you first look at yourself understanding what is it about me that put me on the lower rung. there's mm-hmm. no difference between me or any other student in the class right you know we have the same amount of grades it's simply based on the color of my skin you yep. grow to resent that because of how other people then view you. Sure, yeah. You know what I mean? You mm-hmm. under, you kind of get to, you self, not self idolize, but you, you, you internalize how society sees you. Yeah. And there, there's examples of people like that throughout society, but you kind of, you see it from the perspective of they do whatever they can to then get away from their blackness because they've been told and it's been portrayed and painted as if that is what's wrong. It's right. simply the base, the color of your skin is what's wrong. So they do whatever they can to get away from it, whether it be you know, speak out against other black people mm-hmm. or just change change the texture of your hair to try and make it more, more resemblance of a white person's mm-hmm. what th- that, that in itself leaves damage in generations and how we talk about biology, when you do something like that to a human, mm-hmm. and to a, a race of humans,
0: mm-hmm.
1: that leaves generational scars
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know what I mean? that are not easily fixed not by, e- by any means if you can even fix them because now, if you let's say you internalize those things, right, mm-hmm. and you become successful by turning against your people, in mm-hmm. a sense, by turning—I wouldn't necessarily say turning against them, but by choosing to be more like white person yeah. than it is like a black person, by saying, "Oh, you're just dirty, you're you're impoverished, or you're—they what they call them dependent people if they're mm-hmm. on welfare." If you were in a place where you were privileged enough to make it out, and that is the that is the perspective that you now have. Mm-hmm. Like what? Who is who's there to tell you that that's incorrect in a sense? No one. Because now that you believe it, you you've now internalized it, and then you've made it out. You can say, "Oh, it's possible." You believe it, and then you were successful. So now it's saying, "Oh, well, I can." You know, if I can do it, then anyone else can do it. And that argument has been used from a white to a black, uh, white to black direction, from white people to black people as well.
0: Well, even like people like Candace Owens and Thomas Sowell and yeah. like people like that yeah. to use that as well.
1: Exactly. So, and that's weird. I had I had a whole theory about that. Like that's one way to always guarantee to make sure that you're successful is to turn, as a black person, is to turn against other black people. If you find yourself in a, in a place of privilege mm-hmm. and you choose to take advantage of that privilege by saying, oh, why don't other black people do this? It's not that hard. It's so easy. I can go out there and do it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They, I feel as if you almost have to sell something. You have to sell, you know, the only thing that you can't get rid of and that is the color of your skin mm-hmm. to be able to say that. Yeah. Because then you no longer are now, in a sense, respected. If you have to then downplay and play the role of the oppressor against the people that look like you. Yeah. You've now, and to me, to me that's like, I'd say unforgivable, personally, but. I haven't you know.
0: thought, I haven't thought really that much about that. Whenever I, I don't have time
1: to think about it because it, it blows my yeah, mind how yeah. some people do. The,
0: the way that, the way that I view that is more like there's a kernel of truth in there mm-hmm. as far as is it possible for a black person to be successful? Mm-hmm. Yes. If you make good decisions, will it increase your chances of being successful? Mm-hmm. Also, yes.
1: Circumstances and environment has however to as well can't forget. Cir- how however,
0: done. circumstances and environment play a huge role in that, and that is what's conveniently left out. Mm-hmm. So, it's like partially true, and that's where we get a lot of the the divide, right, between like conservatives and liberals. It's like see look we have this person that said black people can be successful and they're black mm-hmm. it's like if they just have to make better decisions it's like yes true kind of
1: yeah, kind but of.
0: also missing, there's, this, uh, there's this other part mm-hmm. that you're totally missing and I, I had a talk to a Sam and Izzy about this as well but it's like and then so then you have the people that are like oh it's all the environment it's like well
1: mm-hmm. no it could be in a sense think about think about it, let's say
0: it it very well could be but the likelihood that if you make all the best decisions Mm -hmm. for you Mm -hmm. that you are not going to at least go somewhere i would say is probably very low Mm -hmm.
1: but on the contrary let's say
0: if you make all the best decisions the environment can still
1: defeat you essentially it can so it's like so let's say you make all the wrong decisions in the right environment you have a good family. You have friends that will look out for you. You have a good school that right. comes to your name. You can make the wrong decisions. And
0: still... And based it, on your environment... still turn out okay. it
1: still turn out okay. That is the difference.
0: 100%. Right. That's the difference. And I'm not disputing that. Mm. But what I'm saying is it creates the divide between people who are both partially true, mm. but they think it's all the way true, mm. and then they just yell at each other. Mm. And when those two sides are fighting, they're mm. fighting, and they're not working to find the solution, mm. which is what the issue needs, mm. not more yelling Mm. because we've seen plenty of that Mm. over the last four or five years so yeah so to your point that if you make bad decisions in the right environment you'll probably be okay Mm. 100% true Mm. my point was more of like the divide that's been created Mm. by two points of view that are both partially true Mm. is like there's not a binary Mm. it's not a binary it's a complex issue Mm with full of nuance Mm. and to turn it into a binary does a disservice to all the people who find themselves in that position Mm. one and two does all does a disservice to all the people who are trying to make policies to help even if they even are trying to help Mm. at this point because then they have to pick a side because they're not going to get reelected anymore Mm. Um, and so that creates the issue of the people that are making the policy have to pick a side and then they just argue. And when they're arguing, again, they're not finding the solution, which doesn't help the people that are in the predicament in the first place, and that's where we are. And it especially happened when the Democrats moved away from being a party of like the individual, kind of moved towards, like we were talking about earlier, they moved towards being... Republicans light as far as the businesses supporting them and so now nobody's looking out for the individual instead they're just arguing with each other about I won't say nothing but like nothing productive for people who actually need the help and instead play off cultural of like yeah we'll get these votes because you need us to like give you welfare because you're not going to get out anyways and they play off that for votes and then is argue about nothing. And so now nobody's looking out for the interests of the individual. So mm-hmm. you have the George Floyd killing, nobody looking out for the individual, mm-hmm. and then COVID. Mm-hmm. So people are scared of cooped up being inside. And then all this happens, and you have the Black Lives Matter people, the people that, not that they don't care, but are more interested in burning the whole thing down mm-hmm. and starting over,
1: now what do you mean by that like individuals
0: individuals who are, individuals are, who, are or who are in more interested in the tearing down of the United States like the mm-hmm. system as a whole rather than the black lives matter police brutality focused mm-hmm. movement mm-hmm. and it creates this kind of like weird this is one of the things that I haven't fully put together in my head right mm-hmm. the pieces are there and I haven't fit them all together. The movements, like the movements, the civil unrest is all there Mm. for what it seems to me, the reasons that nobody's looking out for the individuals so they think Mm. that they don't have a say. And so this is how Mm. they're putting their say. Mm. Also Black Lives Matter, and those are two different.
1: You could argue, or I'll try and put it into a perspective that you might see. So the idea of the Black Lives Matter movement was created as a solution to a symptom of a greater problem right the symptom is police brutality. right the whole idea of black lives matter is that yes as the statement says all lives matter but black lives aren't being or why all lives aren't being killed the whole the whole ordeal with all of these black people getting hung in trees in 2020
0: yeah
1: that's not a suicide no there's no there is no sense in this world where that makes sense as a suicide Right, so mm-hmm. the idea of Black Lives Matter movement is to protest those things, is to bring attention to specifically police brutality, and I guess now lynchings in 2020, right? Right, which is crazy that we even have to talk about the fact that, that they, the fact that those words are together without "not" in there, is, it doesn't make sense. No. but that's that's the reality of the world we're living in now. So when you have people, when that's all they focus on, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. There are people who are now within the movement who understand that. It's a symptom. This isn't... We're not just fighting police mm-hmm. brutality because if you fix the police, you still have to deal with the legal system. You still mm-hmm. have to deal with the education system. You still mm-hmm. have to deal with... I guess you can call it the financial system. Right. So it's a bigger a bigger institution of racism that just is spewed over now or has been spewed over. It's,
0: in, it's been infused in how exactly. the country deals with... Black people. Well...
1: Everything, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, everything, but then that's directed towards black people. Think about right. every, everything that has been set up to disadvantage them. Mm-hmm. Then the Black Lives Matter movement is now created in protest to one pillar of that, and that is police brutality. Right. So the people who are in there saying to create, the, to fix the entire system, you then have to, not sense break it, but you have to then restructure the entire system.
0: But it's... There it's, is some
1: truth to that. There is,
0: there is truth to that. But the architecture or the framework what
1: do you are what about their words or the framework of the, the, the framework
0: system? the framework of the United States government like if you take all the people out mm-hmm. and all the like the unwritten policies mm-hmm. that go to keep the black community down and mm-hmm. dependent if you like
1: because not much you, of it's written it's just how people well that, right. Interpret-
0: so that's what I'm saying if you take all the, all those the people out
1: mm-hmm. and it was, if you were
0: just to like refill them with people that like, new spots. Mm-hmm. I think the architecture like could use some tweaking probably oh yeah, is not, Like not. with like with like with to, to come along with the times mm-hmm. but it's I mean, it's a good system mm-hmm. from the standpoint of it's a good system it, if it, it works it doesn't allow one person to get too much power
1: mm-hmm.
0: it doesn't allow for like mostly that, right? Like, the tyrannical nature. Mm -hmm. But what's happened is they've all gotten swept up in the system and now they're all tyrannical and they're all corrupt. Mm -hmm. And so when they say the system needs breaking, it's like, yes, but it's the people that need to get removed. Mm -hmm. It's not the architecture itself. And I I had another thing I was going to say forgot. Let's say you
1: replace... Now, when you say the system and the people getting replaced, are you talking about specifically elected officials?
0: Yeah, so if you have, like the house of representatives mm-hmm. and the senate yes. and how that works mm-hmm. it's like that's fine mm-hmm. but the people in it and how they act to cover their backs that that's mm-hmm. what needs to go mm-hmm. not the fact that we have a senate and a house of representatives mm-hmm. and like a president and a vice president and the mm-hmm. cabinet like that's that's all good is when the people in them become corrupt that the mm-hmm. system then becomes corrupt mm-hmm. so the like if you were to look at it as like um, roster slots oh. it's like There's not, or like a playbook, right? You have a, you have like on a NFL team, right? Mm. You have the roster slots. Mm. It's like the way that they structured the roster is Mm. fine, but the people that fill out the roster are Mm. the problem. Mm. Does that make sense
1: kind of? Because if you're picking it, how you said it earlier, like if you have the whole thing with the seal being, you know, a a seal, is it a platoon or Platoon, platoon, if you have a corrupt platoon, You can more or less kind of fix it by putting a correct leader in. Yeah,
0: a good leader. Exactly.
1: So it's the same way with the less elected officials. If you have a government Mm -hmm. that doesn't really run, that represents all people, and is not doing the best for all of its citizens, change the leaders up.
0: Yeah. And you'll
1: probably see the rest of the institution. And I I don't do I think that that is the sole thing that you need to change? No. 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 Because – that, that, is,
0: that is a bigger part than I think people realize. Mm-hmm. Leadership needs to be better. And right now they don't have an interest in changing how they run mm-hmm. because right now it benefits everybody. So they have an interest.
1: In some ways. In some ways.
0: The people that are in, in the government.
1: Who have the power to influence the government. Yeah, yeah. It, they, if, don't have, they don't want to see things change. That right. doesn't mean because individuals like you and us want to see things change.
0: No, that's, yes. So what I meant was the people that are in the government running mm-hmm. running things. They have no interest to see anything change because mm-hmm. they're winning right now. Why would they want to see things change? If mm-hmm. things change and they might lose, mm-hmm. that wouldn't be good for them. Mm-hmm. So that comes down to look who we've got as our candidates. Mm-hmm. A dusty Cheeto and a guy that can't even speak properly on his own commercial <laughs> on YouTube. Mm-hmm. It's like ni- neither of the one thing... I will say about Trump was that he was supposed to be the the guy that wasn't the establishment mm-hmm. and he has not done a great job
1: You knew at his think. track record before he got into politics yeah. tell he wasn't going to be able to be the one the I fact think, that he, think, he ran on the, the platform of being the businessman right? I think
0: everyone knew that but mm-hmm. they were so fed up with the system being the way it was mm-hmm. like it doesn't excuse him winning right
1: this campaign told him how he was going to be, and, and stuff he said along that campaign trail was atrocious. Right,
0: it was, mm-hmm. it was, it was horrible, mm-hmm. and I don't mean to to excuse it mm-hmm. or turn it into like, oh yeah, he's he's fine. It's mm-hmm. like no, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Horrible, should not, not fit for president. Mm-hmm. However, when the other option was Hillary Clinton, mm-hmm. who we talked about earlier, like the whole Benghazi thing, and then the sale of uranium to mm-hmm. Russia and then her, the track, record. Yeah, the, her track record as far as being corrupt mm. atrocious so it's like you take the moron or the corrupt politician that knows how to work the system for her own advantage mm. to, so, to, some people mm. want to take the moron mm. and like i don't blame them for that mm. and so now the democrats had a great chance to put in somebody like tulsi gabbard or mm. andrew yang mm. who are well-spoken mm. they are under like tulsi gabbard woman of color two deployments overseas mm very articulate incredibly intelligent young 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 enough to be like charismatic and have the energy to lead but no they picked Joe Biden you know what the one problem with Tulsi was? she wasn't corrupt it's like dude come on so now it's like I blame the Democratic Party for where we are from the standpoint of they had options both election cycles to put anyone else and they didn't do it so that's that's obviously that's a big problem but like so if anyone was going to run a third party
1: now, now, is, now,
0: the now is the time mm-hmm. and to anyone who's going to be like well it's a vote for the other party it's like okay well then I won't vote it's like well you're not doing your civil duty mm-hmm. to vote but you can't vote for anyone other than two parties I don't want to hear it this election cycle at mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. because I mean I don't, do I even have to spell out the reasons honestly is there a, is there a third party candidate Running right now, not one
1: that I know of. It's a uh, this this whole election cycle is so it's so unorthodox with COVID. I like really people just kind of taking their hands off of the whole idea of it. Well, not necessarily like citizens, but people who are interested.
0: Well, What's in super wacky is there's no debates now because of COVID. There would have been already
1: debates going through the whole summer too. Then I think about it, we've already at least yeah. Had so we would we would have already had debates. Mm-hmm.
0: We would have already seen that neither of them is fit for the office. And it's just, it's just, it's, it's a little bit depressing, I guess, mm-hmm. that this is what we're left with. Um, so I don't know, honestly, but we'll see, I guess. i What I really hope happens is that Biden picks a vice president who's competent.
1: Younger than him. <laughs> way
0: younger. Shortly afterwards mm-hmm. becomes completely incoherent mm-hmm. and then whoever he picked has to run the country.
1: Mm-hmm. So that would be a, a, better, a Maybe. better option. Maybe. Will that happen? Yeah we'll have to see. Only time will tell.
0: Probably not because he hasn't picked his vice president yet. Very true. Which is uh, it's just... Uh, it's just a... I don't even know how we got on this. What were we talking about? What were we
1: talking about? We've kind all over the place. We've
0: been all over the place. Oh yeah, so people that want to take the whole system down—that's
1: right—and the, the whole paper, econ-
0: yeah. and the whole economic system as well. It's like what happened with capitalism. At least how I see it mm-hmm. is, cap is the, the capitalism started to touch things that it
1: shouldn't touch, mm-hmm. like healthcare, science. Politics. Politics and the, and the, the media, and not just the way of like funding campaigns, but
0: how paying.
1: how how they're run. Yeah. Well, not they, even that. I'm talking like foreign interference, like being able to like the whole thing with Ukraine and paying other countries to yeah. interfere. Yeah, that's like,
0: But as far as like they're all run for profit now, mm-hmm. like those institutions, I'm sure there's probably one or a couple others, but like healthcare mm-hmm. should not be run for profit. Mm-hmm. Science should not be run for profit. Science should be run to explore and have, like, figure out ways to better humanity, right? The scientific method, figure out how to get a better society, technology to help people, like, live longer, be healthier, right? All that should not be run for profit. Media should not be run for profit because then they don't have an interest anymore in telling people the truth. They have an interest in making money. Politics don't have an interest in helping the people. So have an interest in making money. Mm-hmm.
1: Or helping the people who pay them make money.
0: Yeah, so it's like this whole so, like, capitalism touched things that it shouldn't have touched. I think, would you use crony capitalism? Mm-hmm. It's like people want to dismantle capitalism. It's like, no, how about crony capitalism? Mm-hmm. Like, we can get rid of how capitalism touches these things that have perverted what they should be like the enlightenment science values of the west is like that's one of the things that makes western culture what it is Mm. as great as it is Mm. and it's been perverted Mm. and it's not right it's not that science is a bad thing or capitalism is a bad thing but when they touch that's Mm. a bad thing Mm. and it's i feel like that's another important distinction to Mm. make i don't know like we talked about that earlier but how do you feel about that
1: i don't believe that companies should be able to fully fund campaigns the idea that if yeah. an individual is in a, a seat and they're voting against you know, bills or laws that will then they're voting uh, on the side of bills or laws that will prohibit companies or you know, shorten dire- directly impact the company that directly gave impact them companies th- and now they're not making as much money or put yeah. regulations, Think, let's, say, let's say we're talking about uh, coal or natural gas yeah, right And if you're putting in policies that give the EPA more ability to then put restrictions on how much oil can then get pumped, or even how much natural gas gets, you know, what's the word, excavated, I believe you excavate, however you get it out of the earth. But if if you're an individual who introduced, let's say you introduced that bill, Mm -hmm. and you're trying to really make it make steam, Mm -hmm. a gas company can then just... Lobby, find, lobby not, for the other side. Lobby, or if there's another candidate who, who's running against you, who's saying, I will never do that. I'm here to save the jobs, yeah. the coal miners, and all of this. Yeah. Then, the company can then pour as much money as it wants into that campaign to mm-hmm. help put out ads, to help put up signs, and to yep. help make sure that your, your message and this candidate can mm-hmm. then be more visible mm-hmm. than the other one. Will that guarantee a seat? No. Are the chances higher yes. that it will likely win that seat? it does increase. Yeah. So if you have a grassroots campaign, and it happened in Fredericksburg, if you have a grassroots campaign versus an incumbent who's already established and may have donors or political action committees that would just want to pour in money towards his campaign right. and help him make sure that he can keep that seat, who, who are you really there representing them?
0: yeah. What are right. your
1: interests? You're, you're, you're not helping the people who put no. you in position.
0: You're representing
1: the people that gave you the money to get you to seat. Exactly, or to help government. you keep the seat. And which that's is, one thing I learned in poli sci mm-hmm. early on was that representatives don't necessarily get elected to then help people they get elected to make sure that they get reelected yep you don't get into a position to hopefully get you know change the world in an election cycle and then get voted out no. you get in because you want to you can't make change as a newbie anyways you're yeah. as your freshman as a freshman representative you're not gonna be able to make that much change right the goal well, in getting elected, anyways but that's a different problem very different yeah. problem the goal in getting elected is to make sure that you can then you turn it. Most people try and turn it into a career. Yep. Be there for years. Actually, try to make change. Some don't. They choose that this isn't for them. If you know, they try to come in and actually make a change and realize there are mountains of you know either other representatives, colleagues that they will work with, or just mm. steps or policies in place that make it like way harder than it should be. They choose it's not for them.
0: Yeah. There are
1: some who have went in with the idea that you know if I'm here for ten years, then I now have power. Right, you know what I mean. I yeah. now have I now have sway over the people, and the people like to respect that. If you if they if your representative has been in the seat for fifteen years, yeah, you know, and he's gotten you know he's thrown you breadcrumbs here and there. Yeah, you know, if you if you apply enough pressure for him that doesn't go against his party's agenda, he can provide it for you. Then you see it as, oh, well, you know, he's done this for us and he's done that for yeah. us. As long as you have a good track record that says I've helped the people of this of this district, mm-hmm. you know, then you can say that he may do all these other things or he may accept money from this group or he it, may... But
0: he helps me so I don't, oh, don't he care. He helps me
1: here so I don't care. And the amount of politicians who are in place who have, have that reputation,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, who, who may not be, clearly don't have the, actually have the bad, best track record. Yeah. But if they've done, you know, nickels and dimes for the people of their community. They understand that if we want to be able to try and get stuff done, mm-hmm. this person has power. This person has sway. He has leverage. He's the chairman of some committee. And if we want to try and get stuff done, we can at least try and get it to Get it through, yeah. Right? I don't believe that's how politics should be run. No. Now, who am I to say? I uh, don't know.
0: You're, you're somebody who understands how the system works and has watched it fail.
1: Representation is meant to be. You're not, regardless of what your beliefs are, regardless of, you know, whether you agree with something or not. If it helps the people of your of your constituents, your constituency, and that's what they want. Granted, you can try and advise them against it if it's something that actually can bring them harm. Mm-hmm. But if that's what they want, you are you're not there to decide whether or not it's right or wrong for them. You're there to represent them. Period. Yep. So, and granted, it's not just one person making a decision, but you're supposed to vote on something based on the people you represent. That's you know, that's right? how
0: it should be in every institute, like every institution, like as far as you, if you're representing a population. Mm-hmm you should live there you should understand what the people want Mm. who live there Mm. you should not be a career politician Mm. you should not be in it for the money that's that's one of those things with like people who are working like what's called the public service
1: Mm.
0: you're there to serve the people you represent Mm. same with the cops Mm. when the police department doesn't have the same makeup as the area that is policing not good mm. because you don't have people who are police you need like the, the police need to be people who are from that community so they understand what the problems that that community faces and therefore are better equipped to handle them mm. same thing with congress mm. if you're not from whatever district you're representing you don't know what they need mm. frankly you don't care because you're getting donations from whoever big, companies, big companies. Yeah. companies Yeah, and so it goes back to the money needs to come out of politics out of healthcare, science mm the media so without those four things <laughs> those are the biggest four because the media can basically so if the money is in science science isn't doing real accurate science the media doesn't have to tell you the truth on what they're doing anyways so when so do you remember when cdc came out and said masks don't do anything for coronavirus. Like only, they should only be used if you're a healthcare worker.
1: Mm.
0: So Fauci came out later Mm. and was like, we said that because we were worried there was going to be a shortage of masks. They literally lied Mm. to everyone. Mm. Bad science, bad media. Mm. He's involved in politics and can say bad politics too. Mm. You lied to an entire country. Mm.
1: Based on the idea.
0: Based on the theory that there might be a shortage of masks. Mm-hmm. You know what would happen if you say, "Hey, we, everybody should wear masks. Mm-hmm. Don't buy them, please, because the healthcare people need them. Companies would start making them."
1: The question is, one: Would people actually believe that and not choose not to? Because think about, think about the whole idea of capitalism, as we, we talked earlier, is to get something for you and your family to make sure you're secure. Because that's that's the system we live in. It allows you to do that well, and that's kind of what's that's, incentive.
0: That's out. how p- individuals live within the system. Within capitalism the system. Okay. Is, capitalism okay. is built off, I have a product or service, you're willing to pay a certain mm-hmm. amount for it on the market.
1: Mm-hmm. That's our exchange. Yeah. But you just said, there are people who are gonna see it like that. So regardless if they came out and said, hey, you need masks but don't buy too much, there were, were going people who were going to listen to that in the sure. first place, even if they didn't even hear that. Would, were would you
0: rather out. them lie, or would you rather them tell the truth and let them, let it let it work itself out?
1: I'd rather them. I'd rather not them tell lie. the truth, but my issue goes beyond that, and the fact of the matter is, is that we're kind of stuck in where we are now. We're kind of talking about more recent stuff, but mm-hmm. if you look back towards the end of January and all of February,
0: mm-hmm.
1: we were we were prepared for a pandemic style of virus to come around
0: Mm -hmm.
1: we ended up we have a ppe stockpile that the the federal government had trump ended up selling the majority of ours to china when they when it blew up over there Mm -hmm. and it started getting actual like headlines saying oh there's a virus in china Mm -hmm. you know it could spread out we were end up selling all of our ppe all of our masks all of our face shields and ventilators to china when it reached us, we realized we didn't have no, it.
0: We didn't have anything. We, we have
1: nothing. It. There was a company. There was a com- I forget specifically which company, but there was a company that was talking to someone in in the government. I just got to look this up, um, and we can talk about this after. But there was a company that was asking. We see something coming because all of the stuff that we had yeah. for sale, all of our masks, just sold out within like a week. Yeah. When something like that happens, you realize that there's an issue, and there potentially could be a shortage. The right. red flag was raised back in like. February and yeah, March yeah. before it even got to America, and
0: before a lot of it got before
1: here. Before a lot of it got here, so we the, the the fact of the matter is, regardless of what he's saying, regardless of anything that happened, we could have been prepared for it. We could have been. We could have been prepared for it. He could have been if, if we if we were more prepared. If our if our stockpile had been hadn't been decimated, if we hadn't sold it all to China, and if the companies could have, and I guarantee it was, I'm pretty sure it was contracting that was the whole reason that he is the person that didn't end up manufacturing all of these because he didn't have a need to, even though he could have sold them privately. Um, But There was a government contract, I think, that went out to Honeywell to make a bunch of masks. Mm -hmm. The company that was prepared before Honeywell got the contract was a different company, and he was the one raising the red flag. I have to look this up. That's the issue with government contracting, though, which has its whole...
0: That's a whole... That's a completely... It's ingrained, but that's its own set of... That's almost a different beast that you got to take mm. care of on its own mm. because government contracting doesn't see government contracting sees friends who are in the government that work for companies mm. that say, "Yeah, I'll write this to make sure that your company wins." Exactly. That. Exactly. And it doesn't matter what race that person is. Mm. Doesn't matter per, like who that person mm. is. As long as there's a relationship there, mm. that's what a not all, but a big enough chunk to where it's a big
1: problem. Mm. Of that is. goes. So that's like, and that's partly what happened with this is where he didn't right. receive the contract. So he had he had like three manufacturing plants that could have been putting out between like yep. fifteen and twenty million masks a week within within a span of three months. But back in like February, mm-hmm. by the time you know May, and June came around, we'd be good by now. Yeah, or even even throughout we'd that be, process, we'd be better. We'd be better.
0: But even even so, it's like if you go implore to the American like to the American people, say, hey, look. This is coming. Mm. The healthcare like professionals need the masks. Please make your own. Mm. Because you will need them. Mm. I'd so much rather have them come out and said that mm. than be like, no, nah, they don't do anything. Mm. I think and that's like, what I think
1: that's where the issue is saying that they didn't do anything. Right. If they would have said
0: it was a it was a flat out lie mm. and science, media, politics, mm. all touched by capitalism mm. in this instance. And that shows why it failed. Mm. I don't know. It's that, whole, the that whole thing. That whole, thing, it's, it's mm-hmm. so convoluted, mm-hmm. it's so complex mm-hmm. that you try and pull the thread on one part of the system, and then
1: you like... You realize you're pulling the whole thing.
0: And more. then you, you pull into another thread, mm-hmm. and then you pull the other thread, and it's a different part. Mm-hmm. And then before you know it, you've like got this big-ass tangle mm-hmm. of like, you know when your headphones get tangled in your <laughs> pocket? It's like that times a million. Mm-hmm. That's what it's like. When you're um, talking about
1: someone that scale, you're dealing with things way, way, way. Yeah.
0: Better. It's so complex. Did you have I think you mentioned before we started that you had something that you wanted to touch on or did we get it at all? I think we got everything. We got everything. So. so
1: Mr. Jason has his own podcast. Yes. And New Perspective. And New Perspective. We have an episode hopefully coming out this weekend. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at ANP Podcast. Um, find us on YouTube at A New Perspective Podcast as well. Um, and we'll have a video out shortly, kind of discussing on the same things we discussed as well. Um, a, good friend of, a good friend of mine and I are just sitting down and kind of talking about everything that we see going on now and what our perspective is on it. it is the title.
0: Sounds good. Everybody go check out Jason's podcast, and we'll see you all for the next episode. Bye, everybody.